This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is a proud member of the FanHub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with FanHub to put fans first. Hello and welcome to MK1 Podcast, a podcast for myself, Ross and Joe talk everything Milton Keynes-Dons. Well, gents, uh, obviously I had a game yesterday and uh, it was pretty eventful. Um, Ross, I know you were at the game yesterday, mate. How did it go? Um, well, I'll get onto it later on, but uh, it wasn't a great first game to get back to, I must say. <laughs> yeah, the weather was uh, pretty dreadful and uh, <laughs> yeah, the football wasn't too much better, was it? Oh dear. No, it was all um, about the match day experience. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. And um, yeah, we've, got, we've had the absolute pleasure of welcoming uh, Martin back onto the podcast. So Martin, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Thanks for having me on again. Enjoyed it, being on it first time a few months ago. So nice to be back. Yeah, no, it's a pleasure to have you back on. And uh, yeah, your insight's really good in terms of everything Milton Keynes. So yeah, it'd be interesting to gather your thoughts on what happened yesterday. So speaking of yesterday, um, we obviously hosted Burton Albion at Stadium MK. And um got a one-all draw uh it's a mixed result obviously the performance in general was pretty poor to say the least um and you know i think majority people were in agreement with that and um, we look at the xg numbers um it's actually a pretty high xg game um, milton Keynes, dons had their xg of 1.69 so they underperformed their xg as they scored the one goal and then um, burton were the same they had an xg of 2.2 and they only scored the one goal but they I think it's fair to say both teams have scored a lot more, especially Burton. The amount of chance they had during the game, or we gave them in a sense, was crazy. And I think, you know, that's, we'll get down to it a lot later. But um, Martin, I'll kick off with you. Uh, how do you feel yesterday went and what are your general thoughts about the game? 
Um, I think, yeah, it was pretty, it definitely wasn't very great at all. Um, I think I felt Burton sort of came into it with a very clear game plan on how to shut us down. Um, so sort of the last few games, they seem to have sort of changed their style of play. For the first bit of the season, they were sort of like quite a high possession team. I think it was sort of 50, 60s, they were getting possession. And then I think it was uh, Hull a few weeks ago, Hemmings got injured and they've suddenly started dropping their possession. Uh, and they've had the sort of things 36, 29, 33% with their possessions coming into this game for the last few games. And they came into it three unbeaten. And I thought the way they handled us, sort of, they clearly knew that if they could get an early goal and then just sit back, that that was um, that was going to be the end of things. And we weren't particularly ever going to get a win from it. Uh, I thought we were fairly lucky to get the penalty. I didn't really see us scoring from open goal, open play the second half. Um I think they could have they could have had a few more. I think it was Edwards on the right wing who had a few really good chances that he didn't put away. Um, so yeah, it could have gone a lot worse. I think a one-one with a good result to come out considering the way we played. So disappointing. I think that's the word I'd use to describe it. Yeah, I think you mentioned about the game plan of Burton. I think we didn't make it very hard for us all to be honest. Um, from looking at starting level, you know, I tweeted out on the pod account that it was obvious what we were going to do in terms of where our attacks are going to come from. And um, eventually it took us to, what, the 55th, 16th minute to actually change it. And then finally we started to get some chances. And, of course, that resulted in the penalty and things like that. Um, you know, this Burton really did sit back, as you mentioned, Martin. You know, 70% possession in the second half for us. And to create what we did with it was honestly poor. Um, and, you know, we, as you said, we were kind of bailed out with that penalty. Um, and we need to be better on both ends of the pitch, really. Um, Ross, are you in agreement with what mostly me and Martin have talked about regarding being a bit better in the future? Yeah, definitely. Um, I can only echo what you guys have said. I think the first half, as you, um, you always said, it's just not acceptable. In a game where we, um, against a team who are rock bottom of League One, we should be controlling and dictating the game. But they showed, they basically made us look like we're a bottom of the league. And um, they pressed us very well, I must say. And um, they put our back line under pressure so so much. And um, the, the frailties um, were exposed once again. And I just felt we had no room at all in that first half. And Quinn down that left-hand side was causing Willow and O'Hora absolute problems. And he had them with strings all first half. And I was um, questioning that question at half-time and feel like Russ addressed it at half-time and um, he really um, nullified that threat down that left. And it was very much attack versus defence in the second half. And like, you have to give credit for the substitutions because when Harvey came on, he more than done um, well down that left-hand side. And I felt Gladwin um, really struggled down that left-hand side in the first half. And Sorison, when he came on, he looked a lively spark. And if any, if we were going to create anything, it would be through him. So overall, I said that it was a must, a potentially a must-win game. But at the end of the day, I think a few weeks back we would have lost this sort of game. And um, I think it's just roll on to the next one. Yeah, um, I know Martin in his presser mentioned how they drilled certain things into the plays that they didn't execute on the pitch and that's really disappointing and you can't really blame the coach and staff and Martin if that's if that is the case and the players aren't executing what they're told to do and um you know 
it's that thing we talk about mentality again. It's just, or it's just not getting into the players. They're not concentrating enough in these sort of, se- sort of sessions that they have, which I know they have every week. And um, yeah, they let themselves down yesterday. It's, there's not much else to say, really. And um, it took a, I'm sure, an absolute hammering from Martin and the team to really get it through to them. And they actually, well, it was it was okay in the second half. It wasn't amazing, but it was a lot better than what we saw in the first. Also, I'd just like to mention that um, everyone's blaming Russ for the performance, etc. I just feel like um, it's a bit cruel on Russ's side because of... Morris has already said, I think he said after the Aquaton game, he said that Russ and Luke Williams are constantly working on the training ground, drilling, as you say, Liam, um, all these tactics into the players. And at the end of the day, it's down to individual quality, which is letting us down. So I just feel like people need to stop pointing a finger and say it as a team instead. And I'll come across it later on. And I just feel like that there's... People, we need to stick t- together throughout this process, and um, I know everyone's get, getting sick and tired of this this word process. But th- there will be bumps and knocks in the road. Yeah, we're going to elaborate on that whole thing later because I know there's quite a few complaints yesterday from uh, certain individuals about the whole sort of, as you said, roster process and the play style. As there typically is, we know we don't get a positive result. Um, but yeah, the players set themselves down yesterday, and I think they're the first people to know that. And, um, you know, if they're not doing what they're told to do on the pitch, then what do you expect? And, you know, we, we've said previously uh, what will happen if Scott Fraser is completely nullified in the game. Yesterday was your example. You know, Burton knows Scott Fraser to a T. And apart from a very, of course, he got the goal, but it was a lucky goal to say the least. And apart from the very few chances he had, which uh, come from nothing, he really didn't do much in the whole game. And we looked lost about him up front, really. And it wasn't, it was a, Great side at all, to be honest. Um, Ross, before we get into like individual subjects we want to talk about, I know you mentioned pre-recording, obviously this is your first time heading back to the stadium, and you mentioned about how the pitch looks a lot worse than it does maybe perhaps when I follow stream. Did you want to elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, it's just slightly concerning. Um, I know with this whole furlough scheme and etc., I know um, the pitch staff and everyone included in making this uh, the pitch normally as good as it is um it just really let let me down yesterday i, I did i thought on i follow it wasn't as bad as what it looks like but um it looks more of a like a rugby pitch than a football pitch and it just concerns me and i, I know we all addressed it um russ addressed it in his um interviews and i feel like um with these upcoming away games i just feel like maybe we could focus on uh, renovating the pitch a bit more because it does impact the, the style, but no no one wants to use it as, a, as an excuse for the results because at the end of the day, it's all down to whether you put the ball in the back of the net. But when you when we're playing our out-the-back style, playing out from the back, sorry, um, I feel like the pitch does influence the game. And I, ju- I just wanted to highlight this because of at the end of the day, you can point the fingers all you want, but if you don't have a good surface to play on, you can't play your own way. Yeah, exactly. And, um, you know, after the, obviously got uh, Peterborough on Tuesday, which we're going to preview later on in the episode. And of course, but, uh, Bristol Rovers on Boxing Day, sorry. And after that, it's about a month gap in between Plymouth at home in the league. So that's a nice period for, you know, uh, the groundsmen there to oh, do their best with the pitch and try and get it to a decent standard so we can try and, you know, actually implement this 
playing for the backstar properly rather than what we're seeing at the moment. So uh, once again, gents, uh, the topic of the masters of our own downfall pops up again. Um, you know, first 15 minutes, try and play some sort of play style. Um, obviously, Burton have done their homework, um, counteracting that, get their early goal, and then just sit back for 16 minutes. And it's a theme that's been way too common this season. And obviously, me and Ross had done a feature with Joe on it a few weeks ago. And... I mean, we kind of mentioned it with Martin already about how players aren't executing what they've been told on the pitch, which is obviously a massive problem. And if that's that can't continue, quite frankly. Um, but I don't know if you gents had any other thoughts on, you know, I know some people mentioned a change of style, um, especially in the first 15 minutes. I don't know whether you, I say for that, start for you, Martin, whether you think that, for one, that's a viable strategy, and two, what are your thoughts on it in general? I think, yeah, I think I think it was Toby Locke who said it. I know not everyone listens to 3CR during the game, but I think he said on comms that it just looks like the first sort of 15, 20 minutes of every game, we just try too much and we're not properly letting ourselves sort of gel into the games and get into sort of passing styles. And I think, I don't want to say we should sit deeper within these first periods, but I feel like we need to keep things a lot more simple. I think yesterday we were just trying too much at the back. We were trying to sort of pass it around a bit too much when not saying who fit up forward, but I think just keeping it simple seeing our way into these 30 few games. I think at the end of the day, it's just teething problems. It's not an issue um, with us because once we get to half time, I think second half, uh, five of the last six games we've scored in the second half. So obviously if we can get it to nil-nil at half time, then we can be a set. We're a second half team because by then, you know, the players have adjusted to their playing style. And they've had the opportunity to feel the ball a bit more, feel each other for a bit more. And I think once sort of 60 minutes game where we start to probably get into our stride is when we should be sticking teams away. And I think as long as we can get to that halfway, halfway point where it's still nil-nil and we've not conceded, we'll be a top-half team easy. I don't think there's anything hugely issue. There aren't any huge issues with this side. It's just the fact we keep conceding so many sloppy goals early on. Yeah, I, I do agree. I just, I'm just trying to think it's not really... I think Martin has tried to address this in the past. You know, He's tried to be a bit more conservative. He's tried to play Kasumi and Houghton in the field, for example. I know us guys in the pod are really against that. Um, but I think in a way that was to try and address this, you know, oh, we conceding loads of goals early and we still are. It's, I don't think they know how to address it yet. So I think for us, it's really hard to try and address it ourselves in terms of what we think is a good idea. Um, Ross, I know you, you had some notes on this. So do you want to elaborate on what you thought about it? Yeah, I'm just completely against um, practically parking the bus in the first 15 minutes. Like some are saying, I just think it's such a negative approach in this, um, especially in Milton Keynes Football Club, in the sense of our philosophies are all about attacking football and exciting football. And we're kind of going to completely against that. And I just feel like, um, I think Russ mentioned it um, after yesterday, uh, yesterday's performance. Um, he said that it can impact the next 15 minutes. And I completely agree with that, in the sense of if we're concentrating so much on the defence, maybe that's going to um, hold back our attack. I just feel like that just some slight tweaks, for example, taking O'Hara out and bring Williams in. I know we'll, we'll mention it later on, or someone like Paul, who's a, defensively an all-rounder better player. I just feel like tweaks like that might do just get us over that 15-minute mark. But like yesterday, it was, a, it was a second phase of a set piece. So it's, I know it's early goals and all this, but 
I just feel like the negative approach of parking the bus is the wrong thing to do. And going into that back back uh, flat back floor, sorry, um, which um, some some people are saying, I think it's the wrong thing to do as well because of all week you praying for um, however you want to see it, five at the back, three at the back. Um, you train all week on that system, and then you can just completely change it to a four at the back. It just wouldn't make sense. So going forward, I, I feel like um, tweaks do need to be made, but I don't think it's a wholesale changes of the formation, etc. Yeah, it's a really it's a really tough um, sort of topic to approach because, as you mentioned, no one knows the answers, and I don't agree with comments from Toby Lock about just hoofing it clear and all that. That's not the philosophy. And if he wants to watch that type of football, he can go watch that somewhere else. Quite frankly, yeah, um, that's just not that's not what we're that's not what Martin's trying to do. And we've we spoke about three CR previously, and they make some very interesting comments, to say the least. And that comment yesterday just annoyed me a little bit. Um, but yeah, it's it's difficult, and you know, us three gents will talk about it all day and try and find a problem and a solution to the problem. But I think we'll struggle, and you know, we're not being paid. The money to do that um but of course the hope is that they sort this out pronto but as um the hope is it is just team problems as uh, martin suggested um but yeah hopefully they move forward um but as you kind of alluded to ross um one of the perhaps solutions to this is bringing willow back into the back three um you know we saw about win back yesterday i wasn't a fan to be honest um i feel him and O'Hora a bit like Harvey and Cargo earlier in the season on the other side just didn't work. I think they're too similar of a player. Um, both like the ball with their feet, um, try and dominate in the air. I just feel they counteract each other. And I'd much rather see a Paul and a Willow combination at right-hand side. I feel like we've got the nice balance of whether it's um, Solonola or Harvey with Lewington. They both counteract each other quite well. Um, you know, both the wing-backs like to attack and Louis stays back a bit more when he... When he yeah, push forward to the halfway line when he can. Um, and yeah, I I just I didn't I didn't like Willow yesterday. I felt apart from the few crosses that he had, he was he's looked out of place. And Ben Glavin on the other side didn't do himself any favours either. And felt he he's much better suited to that right wing back role. Um, so I pass it over to you boys. Um, Ross, what are your thoughts on potentially Willow coming in for like an O'Hora, for example, back into the back three and sort of changing it up a bit? Yeah, I'm all for it, mate. Um, I think I feel like Willow in these past few years. I know he's got um, the status of the vice captain behind uh, Louis, obviously, but I just feel like he has all the characteristics to be a centre half. In the sense, he's got the pace, he's got the communication, and uh, he's certainly got the leadership um, within his squad. And one of the most important traits of a centre half is the physical side of it. And I feel like um, Willow's not scared. Uh, afraid or scared to get involved in a tackle. So I just feel like um, comparing him to Ohura, I know Ohura is young and he's still developing and he's still learning the game, but I just feel like Willow's um, a better all-round player as a centre-half. And I just feel like um, Willow's being wasted out on that wing-back role. And um, as you say, Liam, I don't think feel like he has that attacking aspect to his game. Well, not enough anyway. Um, well, that's not for sure. enough, yeah. Yeah, of course, yesterday had a few glimmers of what he can show attacking-wise, but it's it's no Regan Paul or Ben Glavin, I'll say that for him. 
Um, Martin, what are your thoughts on, you know, as Ross and myself mentioned, will I potentially come back into the back three alongside a Keo or a Lewington? Yeah, I don't, I can't really see any problems with it at all. I think O'Hara's quality, but I think in the long run, if we are trying to build something long term, I think having one of our own players in like Willow, who we know will probably be sticking around for a few years, is also beneficial. But also just in general, I think he is quality on that sort of right centre back role. I think he showed it very well uh, in the League Two season. Um, and yeah, I'd have no no issues at all if he were to do if he were to come in and have Paul at right wing back. Yeah, I've seen a few people mention about um, Willow and the Tisdale as a wing back, and no offence, it was a completely different system and a completely different mindset. Those two teams. Uh, so to compare Willow as a wing back then to now, I don't know. It just seems a bit off to me. Um, but yeah, I think we're all in agreement with Willow coming back to the back three. I think he'll bring a lot more solid solidarity into that back line which is very much needed at the moment and um, yeah Warren is developing Warren is a good player that's for sure um, but he's not what we need right now um, maybe if a few minutes down the line wherever we're where we're not conceding goals in the first 10 minutes of every game um, he can come back in and you know fight for his spot again but I think we will have enough back three just from a even from a leadership standpoint as Ross mentioned that alone is more than valuable um also, I've seen a few people talk about uh, Lewington yesterday and how the past few games have been a bit off for him. Um, now, I think we all know how key Lewington is to this system. Um, I was wondering, Ross, obviously, I know you didn't get the best view of the game yesterday, but you were at the game yesterday. Um, what were your sort of, what, what's your take on him What basically watching him live in the first time in absolutely ages? And do you think those sort of claims are justified? He brings such um, experience and knowledge to the game in itself. He can pick a pass. We saw him switching it over to Willow and um, inputting them um, through balls in for Morris, etc. I just feel like he brings a whole different side to that um, to our game. And no one expects him to do that, considering his age and all this. And um, I feel like people pick him out. I think this is probably his, one of his worst games in years. And that says something in itself. But I, um, I think I feel like yesterday, um, just something wasn't wasn't glowing together in the attack. And um, I, f I feel like Louis, because we conceded the goal, and we were uh, done on the counter attack for a few times. I felt Louis was a bit of a sore thumb out that defence in the sense of a few misplaced passes and people were getting on his neck. Yeah, I was looking at his stats from yesterday. So um, he had 97 passes on the game, 83.6% um, accurate. And um, out of 18 long balls, he did play, which is kind of forced to with how the game went. Um, 10 of those going to empty, empty on's player. So he didn't have a bad game in general. It was just, yeah, he was a victim of the team performance in general, I thought. And I think you're, that's what you kind of echoed, Ross, and what you, your comments there. Um, also, also yeah. I'd like just to mention, um, Regarding O'Hora out on that right centre half role, um, I'm not sure what you guys think, but um, he, I felt he slowed down our attack um, in the sense of Keo was um, running through through the channels and he was offloading the ball. Louis was going for long long ball, switching the play, and he weren't afraid to make that attack and movement. But I felt O'Hora he was either going sidewards or um, to Willow and. And we're just reading that all day long, and it, they were getting comfortable for for the last thirty minutes or so. 
Yeah, um, well, it's kind of echoes what we said already. Like, Willow and Hor- Willow and Hor- are just too similar like, as players. And to, to pair them together on a on a side of the defence, I, I didn't get it. I didn't get it when I saw the team sheet. I didn't get it watching the game. And yeah, as you said, like, yeah, he slowed it down, but that was that wasn't really his fault. It was because the team had put him in that situation where he had to slow the game down. And I don't think it helped that, you know, Kia was, as you said, trying to drive for the channels and Louis was trying to do something else. The whole defence wasn't on the same page. And I think that showed in their attacking build-up. And everyone was just trying to do something because they know the quality they've got. It's just being more of a team again, I think, rather than a bunch of individuals who know they have the quality and are trying to execute that on the pitch. I mean, that's just the way I saw it. I don't know, Martin, if you had those similar thoughts or what your thoughts are on it all. Yeah, I think I, I do like O'Hara a lot, but I did I do agree with Ross. I thought he slowed it down quite a lot moving forward yesterday. Um, yeah. And I think, yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm obviously a big fan of having Willow back in at right centre-back, like I said a few minutes ago. Um, and I think I think with O'Hara, I think a lot of it is just experience. Like, he is so young, and I think he sometimes, to me, looked a bit, like, a bit scared almost to make mistakes on the ball, um, which I think is good because he's got Keogh alongside him. I think prides him a lot of leadership. But yeah, going forward, I don't think it's the right the right decision to be made, and it was a complete mess yesterday at times, or not a complete mess, but it was pretty poor to watch. Yeah, it wasn't great, was it? <laughs> um, Ross, I'll pass you over to the next topic regarding you know people's complaints about the play styles, and you had quite a few views on it. Yeah, I just I just want to ask a uh, question for the viewers, and you can uh, put your views on it down below um, once we've tweeted out this podcast, but. Um, one for the doubters of Russ Martin. Um, how many managers in their first season gained promotion or got the playoffs? Just like to uh, have that question answered because of I don't see where these unrealistic expectations are coming from in the sense of we should be po- pushing for the playoffs and um, promotion and all this. I feel like if I'm seeing progress under a manager, we're doing well and. I always saw that at the start of the season. If we improved from what we saw under Tisdale, we were going in the right direction. And it is about building the uh, foundations as such at the club and then build on top of that. But I feel like people just throwing out the word Russ out and all this, it's just outrageous. And to be completely frankly honest, I'm getting sick of it. Um, people changing up their views and... Um, I won't point out anything because we we all know who they are, but um, I think people just need to uh, reel it down a bit and uh, realise that this is Russ's first season as a manager, and he's still learning on the job. He's still learning on the job, and um, it's not going to be plain sailing all, all through this. He's not going to win every single game. We're going to lose to some bad sides. We're going to lose some to to some good sides, but. Um, I just, as I said earlier, I just feel like us as fans need to stick together and um, just believe in what they're doing as a club on on a whole scale as a club. Yeah, like, and look, no one said this is going to be easy. Like, I don't think Winkleman knows. Winkleman knows it's not going to be easy. Like, I think he he made like an emphasis from results recently, which is a bit of a silly thing to say, in my opinion. I think if you re- if you if you really buy into the title, then you know this isn't going to be one season makeover. It's going to take a good few seasons to mould this type of playing style. And if, as you said last week, we're going to see players move on. You know, we've seen rumours today of Sarinola being like linked with ten million clubs and all stuff like that. It's going to happen, and it it's about um, 
you know, it's, it's, well, it's about building the culture and, you know, getting continuing that recruitment process. You know, we've got uh, Liam Sweeting who's doing all that for us and his team. It's going to take a while. Like, even if you're not willing to be part of that process, then a bit like the players, some, some of the players have been kicked out who aren't part of that. You know, I think Reese Healy was one of the ones that was quite surprising to us that didn't buy into that initially. And they were shown the door. And I think people need to get used to it. And, you know, it's going to be difficult this season, of course. Um, but I don't think I haven't had that ambition of getting to the playoffs or top half like Ross said at all. And I think people need to be a bit more realistic with their um, approach to the season. Um, Martin, what are your kind of general thoughts on people's you know, certain complaints about the change of play style that perhaps could be put in place? I think, yeah, I think Ross has just absolutely nailed it there. Like, you can't expect a manager. I think, you know, this is a club that's been sort of stagnating the last few years. And I think we did need someone to come in and build a long term plan with what we're doing. I think you can kind of look a bit, it's, it's happened quite a lot over the last few years. I think if you look at what Nathan Jones did at Luton, where he came in, where they were uh, struggling towards the bottom of League Two, and then it took him a year or two to do it, but he put together a team with a style and a purpose, and then they went on and were successful. And then even more successful after, albeit he did go off for a little bit to Stoke. But um, yeah, I think you need to have that sort of long-term outlook with it. And I think, you know, we can't be expecting to win. For me this season, I don't really mind where we finish as long as it's somewhat respectable and it's we're playing League One football next season. I think the more important thing is that we build a squad with an actual idea of where it's going and we're progressing year on year. And that's so much more important than just valuing short-term results and worrying about the fact that, you know, we've drawn one all at home. Um, so yeah, I think... Russ clearly has a big plan behind what he's doing. I think a lot of people at the club, every, you know, people buying into it. So we've got some great players like Fraser who have clearly come out and said that, you know, there's a big plan behind it and we know what we're doing. So, yeah, I don't think there's any issues with, with Russ. Yeah, it's a great example, actually, with the uh, Nathan Jones Luton um, sort of example you gave. As we kind of have the academy to do what Luton have done, I think. Um, of course, the training ground's not there yet and things like that, but... You know, for the players we've seen come through, like, you know, uh, Kaz, Soranola, um, Sam, Anombe, who's actually leading himself now, funnily enough. Um, but, you know, we've got the players to do that type of model and you know, we've got the manager now, um, in my opinion. And, um, yeah, people are be patient. It's difficult because we're quite a demanding fan base and we have been for many years. I think ever since Carl Robinson was here, we have been. We've kind of wanted to get back as a championship as soon as possible. And I think the chairman's the same way. But you've got to be realistic and know that would you rather, as my um, as my said, that's short-term success of uh, maybe one season back there and you back down again, or would you rather be building for a few years to be there for the next five, ten years? And I'll certainly take the latter option out of those two. So, so um, after a disappointing result against Burton on Saturday, we get to host uh, Peterborough United, or Posh, as they like to call them, on a Tuesday night um, with the there's no Joe here. Um, Ross was in charge of previewing Peter United, so I pass it over to him to let us know everything about Posh. Just before I get into this um, preview about Posh, if you listen to the fans forum and um, you look at how much interaction that Russ and the media team are doing at the club, you'll realise that Russ does care about the club as well. So it's not just a, a job he goes to nine till five to. It's, it's taken over his life, practically. And for him to come on the podcast, like like we all said, he didn't have to come on it, he wanted to. And it just shows that he's got the time and the effort to listen to us as fans. And um, 
I just wanted to highlight that fact because of we've got to give that back to him and that gratitude back. So I think going forward, I, I just feel like, as, as we say, just be patient and um, then judge in a, in a few months' time, maybe a year's time. But, yeah, going into uh, Peterborough, um, yeah, they come to us on Tuesday night, um, sitting in fourth in League One, uh, playing 17 games. They've won 10, they've drew one, and they've lost six. And um, funnily enough, five out of the six defeats have been away from home. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they uh, field against us on Tuesday night. They've got um, Darren Ferguson as manager, who's in his third stint as a manager, which uh, probably will turn into the fourth in a few seasons' time. We don't know. But um, they play several formations in a 4-2-3-1 and a 3-4-1-2. And I've noticed when once we play against three at the back, um, we really do struggle. So I'm hoping to play four at the back. Um, but there's a quite an interesting um, stat in regards to Peterborough. They've got the worst um, top 10 um, goals conceded um, in the league. and uh, Top 10, sorry. And uh, they're the se second most prolific team in, in front of goal. So it'll be interesting to see how our defence... Uh, Forms against his Peterborough attack. And um, I've just highlighted uh, two players who I wanted to, uh, ones to watch in the game. And it's their bagsman, John, Johnson Clark Harris up top, who's got 11 goals this season. And um, I think he's nullified the Ivan Tony departure in the summer. And uh, I believe he got a hat trick against um, Rochdale on Saturday. And I feel like um, the defence will have to have a game, game, game of the season performance to limit him in front of goal because I feel like if he has one chance he's going to put it in the back of the net he's that type of player but also I wanted to highlight uh, Joe Ward the 25 year old who plays in the uh, midfield he's got six assists this season with two goals and the heat map suggests that he sits on the right hand side of that midfield and I know Liam will uh, go, on, go on to it but um, he very much keeps this posh team ticking yeah, um, so you pretty much said that word pretty well, Ross, in terms of the players I wanted to highlight and Jeremy Lowe with you. Um, just some quick stats also that I mentioned, uh, I found out uh, regarding Peterborough. Um, yeah, so their waveform in general, um, 12 points collected off of nine away games. Um, they're pretty inconsistent away from home, uh, one four, and as Ross mentioned, lost five. So they don't really, they haven't drawn a game away from home this season. So they either, you know, take the maximum points back to uh, Peterborough or take none at all. Um, they've actually also lost the last three games on the road in the league. So, you know, they're, yes, they're, they're very, they're, I think they're the best home team in the league in terms of form. But away on the road, they're a bit shaky. So I think gives us every chance in this game. <laughs> Some people may be a bit uh, interested by that comment, but I think we do have general chance, general chance in this one. Um, yeah, sticking with uh, Ward and Dembele, um, the 1.7 key passes averaged by Ward uh, per game shows that, you know, he's their key creative spark. And, with the stats that Ross mentioned, you know, I think on that right-hand side of the midfield, he's going to be a key player to watch out for. And I think Sorinolo is going to have a tough game against him if he does come back into the lineup. Um, yeah, and Shariki Dembele, um, I know when he's uh, first joined Posh, me and Ross went to a Peter game and watched him and we were pretty amazed by him. And he's only developed on since then. Um, five goals and four assists this season. Um, actually averaging more key passes than more the game, at 1.9 per game. But um, Ward 
this sort of infused this consistency, which uh, Dembele has seemed to lack throughout his career. Um, so hopefully he's having a bit of a downer game um, against us on Tuesday night. Um, Martin obviously mentioned a lot of stuff there regarding certain players and Peter's play style. Um, what are your thoughts heading into Tuesday night's game against Posh? Yeah, I think you've pretty much both nailed it there. They've just got so much talent in their squad that it's difficult to not be scared by the thought of playing them. Um, but I do think it's quite promising the fact that obviously away from home, they've not been fantastic. I think a game I'd highlight a lot was their crew game. A few, I think it was 15th of November and they lost 2-0 uh, to crew and I think crew a fairly similar team to us in terms of keeping it on the ground and passing it around a bit uh, it's a different system they play a 4-3-3 uh, with Kirk on the wing and well, I think Powell's been there uh, Dan Powell's been on the wing but I think crew made over 500 passes and it was one of the first, uh, few times that Posh have seen less than 50% possession and speaking to a crew fan just before coming on the podcast today I think they looked a bit scared that game so perhaps possibly us keeping the ball and knocking it about a bit might uh, do us a bit of favour. But um, yeah, I think as long as we keep it quiet, keep them quiet early on and keep it, you know, sensible, I think we've got all the chances of being able to get something out of it. Yeah, it really is just, well, stopping our demons in terms of succeeding early. Um, and, you know, we'll, we'll soon find out if Posh done their homework. Um, They've always been a team of, Big egos and big start, big time players. There's still that case now with Clark Harris, Dembele, people like that. Yeah, there's no question of the quality in the squad, but I think this game is going to come down to whether they can get a hold of the game early and really push and push under the cosh. And if they can't, I think we've got a great chance. Um, one thing I did want to mention about the game on Saturday, which I forgot to, as uh, might I remind people's comments, is that I felt there was a lot of crosses just being lobbed into the box for like. To be honest, Morris and Jerome, who they aren't very aerial superior in terms of against players like Sam Hughes. And as might I mentioned, you know, keeping it on the ground in this game could be a really key thing for us. I don't feel that hoofing it into the box to players that are smaller than the centre backs is a good idea at all. And it'd be nice to see that change going forward. Um, Ross, do you have any further comments to make regarding the game on Tuesday? Um. If you want my complete, honest uh, opinion of it, I'm not looking forward to it with uh, the attacking threat they've got. I, f- I feel like on paper they should be romping this League One. And as you say, Liam, they, they're sitting first in the home form. And if they get anything near that on their away form, they're going to be hitting the 90 points tally easy. So I just feel like um, if we play our own game and um, we cut out our mistakes and our fra- frailties at the back, I feel like um, we could keep this within a cricket score. <laughs> well, I think I'm a bit more positive than you, Ross. Um, but yeah, you know, I think yeah, home form is key, as we know um, from when we had good seasons ourselves. And yeah, if they can, I think they're eighth in the league table in terms of waveform. So they're pretty much there in terms of what they need to be. So yeah, if they can keep this up throughout the season, they'll be right up there. Um, so it's our starting 11s, gents. Um, Martin, I'll kick off with you. What's your predicted uh, starting eleven for Tuesday's game? Um, I don't think we'll see too many changes, but I've gone for Fisher and goal, and then a back five of or back three of Willow, Kio, Louis, with Sorinola and Paul at wing backs, uh, and then Fraser, Kasumi, Sorensen in the middle, and then Morris and Jerome up front, which I think picks itself. Uh, I think the main change there is Sorensen in, who I've been really impressed with the last few games, and I think uh, I've been impressed with Sermon as well. I think off the ball, what he does, and you can see the experience he brings in the field, but. 
I think we probably will need to have to shift it around a bit, having played two games in four days. And I don't think Sorensen's a bad option at all. I'm really impressed with them the last few games. Yeah, I wanted Lasser to come in on um, Saturday against Burton, and of course he didn't. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't be against him against Peterborough. Um, game probably going to likely dominate on the ball as usual. Um, and he's got that passing range which we need really in this type of game. Um, Ross, are your thoughts very similar to Martin's, or have you got any changes? I've got one change um, down that right hand side. It's probably not our best option, but it's a solution. I feel like um, trying Sorinola down that right. I feel like we've seen how strong he is uh, as defensively sound, especially at like Sunderland away. He can cope with the uh, the wing backs, another wing back um, facing them. And I just feel like going forward, yeah, he might like a delivery, but I feel like in this sort of game, we need someone who's defensively sound more than going forward. So I've gone with uh, Fisher and Willow and uh, Willow Keo and Louis for that back three. And then I've gone with Sorinola out on the right. I've gone with Sorison, Kasumu and Fraser in the middle with uh, Dan Harvey at left back. The only reason why I've gone with Dan Harvey is because of the second half. After I felt like it warranted a start for the next up and coming game. So I felt like other than Har- um, Sorensen, I felt Harvey was probably our best player on the pitch. Um, and then I've gone with Jerome and Morris up top. I feel like Jerome and Morris, two physical players who will uh, cherish the battle against Kent um, of Peterborough's. And I'm just hoping uh, they can get the better of them. Yeah, I was a bit baffled as to why Harvey didn't start against Burton, to be honest. I was a bit confused as to why Ben Glavin was out on the left wing back. And, um, you know, I think, as you said, as soon as he came in, he looked much better than what was being offered on that left-hand side initially. Um, yeah, similar to Ross, um, we got the one change for me. Um, I do think Andrew Serber will retain his place in the midfield. Um, I don't think the midfield's the issue. I think, as Joe mentioned to us the other night, I think we're the best box-to-box team in the league in terms of what we do in between them. It's just what we do in them that's the problem at the moment. Um, so I think unless rotation, it'd be a bit silly to change that. Um, so yeah, my starting 11 or predicted one at least is uh, Fisher and then back three, Willow, Keogh, Louis, same as the other gents. And then uh, Paul right wing back, uh, the left wing back, midfield three of Kasumu, Sermon and Fraser and then uh, Jerome Morris up top. So yeah, all fairly similar, just a few little tweaks in there between us, but I'm sure that'll be easy enough to come to a consensus starting 11 between us three um, when it comes down to it. Um, okay, gents, on to our predictions. Uh, I'll give a little sneak peek to our predictions uh, already. Um, but I'll start off with you, Ross, as you kind of give yours away a little bit too early. Um, what are your thoughts on um, Peterborough United on Tuesday night? Yeah, um, I know we play better against the top teams. My pr- prediction probably doesn't reflect that, but I, feel, I, I do feel like it's going to be a closed game. I feel like we'll always be trading in it in the sense of we'll we'll be looking for an equaliser. But um, I feel like Posh's attacking threat will be too much for our defence currently. And as we alluded to, and it probably, Martin probably looking January, uh, looking at getting the new centre-half as such, if Willow isn't the solution or Paul isn't. I just feel like um, Posh, I think, will have too much for us on Tuesday night. I've gone with a 3-1 uh, posh victory. That's, that's been a while since you've predicted a loss on this podcast, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> well, what was, the, what was the last time you did that? Was it Lincoln? Was our first episode? Um, that's what I remember. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, wow, that's been such a long time. 
Um, yeah, okay. I mean, I don't argue. I'm not, I'm not against that at all. Um, I just, I'll go with mine next. Um, I just can't see a draw happening here. I think either team's going to get battered, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure which one at the moment. Um, I think the game all depends on the posture of their homework, to be honest. Um, and in the past, that hasn't happened. Um, obviously, managers change, players change, but, but philosophies of teams tend to stay the same, and man, like managers of teams tend to stay the same. So um, I'm going to go with a nice bounce back, 3-1 Don's win. So, Martin, had one win, one loss. What's your prediction for uh, Tuesday uh, night? So I have gone to sit on the fence a little bit, and I know you've said you can't see a draw, but I've gone for a one all. I feel like these Tuesday games do tend to throw it up a bit, and it's a bit different. Um, but I think it'll be two pretty decent teams cancelling themselves out. Uh, I do think we're going to concede early again. I think it's, it's bound to happen against a side like Posh. Uh, but I think we've got enough. To, we've got enough to pull ourselves back into it. So yeah, I'll go for a one-all draw. Um, but I'm confident it'll be a positive one-all draw that we'll play well in. So a bit, bit yeah. better than Ross. Yeah, well, just a little bit. At least we get into another game. Um, <laughs> um, I don't. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Posh do get an early goal, like two teams if we have done against us. Because I don't remember Posh teams sitting back a lot in games. They're they're always. You know, with the quality they have up front, they're always teams that are on the front foot trying to attack uh, the opposition quite a lot. So, um, yeah, if that does happen, that would be interesting, at least from a, like a neutral's point of view, to see how they counteracted to that. Um, but, yeah, that's kind of wraps up our um, review of Burton and preview of Peterborough. Um, as always, thank you very much, Martin, for coming along to uh, give your thoughts on everything that's happened over the last few days and what's upcoming. Um, is there anything you wanted to plug? Uh, feel free. Um, yeah, I mean, I started writing a few articles. I would like for the DSA, me and Jonathan have been doing uh, all the articles and stuff the last few months. And then uh, I had a few messages asking to put a few more stuff up. So I've started posting them again. So it's on my account. But uh, yeah, no, thank you very much for having me on again. It's been a, been a pleasure. It's a good bit of insight from both of you, as always. Yeah, no, thank you for uh, taking the time. And uh, yeah, I say we were, I'm glad the uh, the MKOA is back up and uh, obviously you do stuff for the DSA also. It's nice reading your thoughts on games and uh, it's kind of, well, it's at least my go-to anyway after every game. Uh, so yeah, thank you for doing them. So yeah, that's it for episode 20 of the, of the MK1 podcast. Um, it'd be excellent if you could provide us, um, as usual, just some feedback on you know, what we do well, what we don't, um, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. That'd be excellent. Uh, of course, we try, we like to implement everything you guys say, and you know, as I keep mentioning every episode, it seems every other day, um, we're planning a lot of stuff for the new year. Um, we're, we're planning to get opposition uh, fans on to do uh, match previews in the future, so we really look forward to that. And um, of course, the January transfer coming up, we're going to plan to do a um, January sort of transfer preview. Um, and of course, with the talk already starting. In the uh, on the twelfth of December, it's going to be a, a long window by the sounds of it. So um, yeah, we want to dedicate an episode to that, and hopefully we'll record that just after Christmas, maybe, maybe sort of last few days of December before January window opens. So yeah, thank you very much for listening, and come on, you dons. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 
And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.